That is right, everybody. It is another episode of Tailgater Sports. My name is Eric. You may know me as Nick Soundwave from The Woody Show or Menace's What's New podcast. With me, as always, my two partners in crime, the Tweedledee and Tweedledum of so many situations. Hey. You hear him on The Woody Show. You hear him on What's New with Menace, nerding out with Ravy and Cameron. His name is Randy. It feels like his face is always in front of a microphone for some reason, one or the other. Either he's on the radio or on a podcast. How you doing, Randy? I'm enjoying this. Uh, I, I was telling Tyler before we started recording, uh, and he called me a rookie. I'm trying this new thing where I put my beer mug, my beer mm-hmm. glass, in okay. the freezer before I pour myself a beer. Game changer. No, you see, you're a little baby. Randy did mention him. Let's bring him in so he can jump in on this. His name is Tyler. He's the punching bag of every situation. How you doing, Tyler? So what do you think about uh, Randy's revelation? It's kind of a rookie move, but we kind of forget how young Randy is sometimes. <sighs> Look, we forget how young he is sometimes, but at the same time, that's the oldest trick in the book. That's such a <laughs> rookie is. move. I Shut feel up, like Tyler. I have been putting in like juice boxes and stuff, even as a kid, you know, some kind of like whether it was a cup or something, just so my juice was even even cooler putting in the freezer. It was one of those things where I was thinking to myself, you know, I need to buy beer glasses, like beer mugs, like the, the 12 ounce, the 16 ounce, and then I realized I already had one. So I was like, what's what's the holdup? I might as well start putting them in the freezer. I feel like I even, I, off the top of my head, I feel like there was a revelation when I was younger where I bought a cup that was lined with a liquid almost, uh-huh. and you would oh, put I it in, and it was almost like a built-in, you know, those like plastic... Uh, reusable ice cube trays. exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah but yeah. It, the base of the cup was like that, so it was kind of, you know, instead of putting it in frosted, it was it was just kind of refreeze and then remelt, and then you would put it in and use it again over and over. I know what you mean. All right, guys, so we got plenty to talk about. I know the trend for a lot of these podcasts has been circling around COVID-19 and the COVID-19 relief effect and how it's really shut down the sports world. And the, the main thing around sports and sports media right now is what are you guys talking about? The first thing whenever I tell somebody I work at Fox Sports Radio nowadays is, well, what are you talking about? There's no sports. I think we've done, we've managed, we've got along. Obviously, the NFL has yeah. given us plenty to talk about, you know, stuff like Tom Brady, the NFL draft, which we're going to get into. I'm going to pick Randy's brain when it comes to the Green Bay Packers drafting Jordan Love, uh, trying to push Aaron Rodgers out the door, maybe. I know Randy has plenty to say about that. I know Tyler was <laughs> watching the NFL draft closely. He sees definitely an NFL draft buff, so we're going to get his idea on that. And we got a new segment later. We're going to debut Slow News with Tyler. Tyler's going to steer us through some news stories, which uh, anybody that's been listening to Tyler ever, you know, it, it could go it could go south really quickly. It's either going to be really good or really bad. We will figure it out on the way. You know, and, and it's like a train wreck or a car crash. You know, it's it's, yeah. it's horrible, but most of the time you can't keep it from looking, you know? Yeah, you can't, you can't help but look. All right, guys. So, yeah, the theme through some of these early episodes of Telegator has been the lack of sports. But there may be a light at the end of the tunnel, guys. We do have live sports to talk about. Oh, my gosh. Can't believe it. Before we even get into it, I know if you're a sports fan and you're listening to this, I know they both know where we're going with this. I'm sure you understand that I'm talking about the KBO, the Korean Baseball Organization. Yes. How many highlights have you guys watched? Because I know I've, I've watched plenty of Korean baseball in the last 12 or so <laughs> hours. A league I had no idea existed before now. But all of a sudden, it's the hottest thing in the world because ESPN has picked it up. It's the first live sporting event back into the world pretty much espn has picked up six english language telecasts per week so we got people in america staying up late to watch the korean baseball organization guys are the announcers like the play-by-play callers the american ones are they doing it from their own homes i believe so 
There's a little bit of a weird delay, I think so. so. I don't think they have people out there. They have people on site covering it in a lot of ways, but I don't know if there's the the broadcasters are in house. That's crazy. I mean, I've been enjoying it so far. It's it's nice. You really honestly, once you dive deep into the game and the highlights, you really don't notice the fact that there's no fans. I mean, obviously you can tell there's no one there. But the aside from I guess the usual crowd noise and stuff, it's just it's baseball. So at least it's something. I don't I don't mind it. Hey man, I'm gonna be really honest with you guys. I'm really excited to see some baseball back on the screen. Yeah. I've been so deprived. We're in the middle of actually no, we're in the beginning of May, and we could have had baseball going on for almost five weeks already, but we yeah. don't have anything. I I think the one nice part about Korean baseball too is I think there are some ex MLB players on there, so it's not like because the, the Taiwanese league has been going on for a few weeks but no offense to the Taiwanese league but that team's basically comprised of essentially chumps you know it's not Korean caliber the Korean caliber system like they pump out actual stars who come like professionally in America and some ex-MLB guys they go out over there and they play too I think the starting pitcher for one of the teams was like a, a seven eight-year veteran from the MLB so yeah and good players yeah you know and then the MLB and the ESPN on this side of the pond um, they're latching onto it because one, it's it's showcasing live sports, it's showcasing right. baseball for the MLB, and the ESPN is just trying to get any kind of live content, dude. The MLB put out a tweet with Mookie Betts, kind of like a cool little action hero kind of vibe to the Twitter video, and highlighted pretty much a stud from all six of the KBO teams. Um, right. Or I don't even know if there's six, but he put a, out like a cool little video highlighting, you know, the the strong closer on this team, the guy who it's the dingers from this team. They're all people we've never really heard of before. But yeah. hell, man, I'm watching that video. Like, all right, I'm, I'm in, I'm in, I need something. Yeah, and, and I think, honestly, if you think of it from another perspective, too, this is a great time to be a baseball player in the KBO because all the eyes of the world are on you. So what better way to get the attention of the of a pro team in America than playing lights out right now in Korea because you're the only thing people are watching, literally the only thing people are watching. So it's, it's good for the consumer, and it's really good for the players. Like, they have an opportunity to really show what they've got in the hopes of making it out over here. Yeah, I agree with Randy. Your free agency stock, if you're in the KBO, is oh, about yeah, to dude. shoot super right. sky high. These guys, assuming they play well enough and MLB teams like, hey, we're going to give you a shot. Here's a couple mil. Why right. don't you travel across the pond? You know, we'll see what you got. And you might as well with, you know, there's no other baseball on. And here's my thing too, guys. So obviously it has millions of people all around the world watching because that's literally all you can watch right yeah. now, right, at the moment. But you got to turn off the fan hat for a little bit and got to think from the MLB hat and the just overall professional sports hat for a little bit mm-hmm. side of things. They're watching this with the idea of, okay, is this something they can do? Because they obviously all have to abide by COVID-19, you know, social distancing rules because it's not, it's not gone over there. You know, this is just something they've right. been able to reopen their league. There's no fans. <laughs> Although there is, have you guys seen the cardboard cutouts of the fans they put in the yeah. crowds and stuff like that? So it's pretty funny. I did see that. So they've gotten, they've done some weird things to try and bring in the fan aspect. I saw some Zoom fans on the, one of the big screens, stuff like that. So they're playing around with it. But they also, you, you can't forget that this is also a test run for almost every other sports league: the NFL, the MLB, the NHL, the mm-hmm. NBA. They're seeing how this is working for them. This is a brand new season for them. They're seeing how they're administering and keeping their their MLB or their KBO players healthy and safe. They're seeing how they deal with the travel. What's going to happen when the first person tests positive for COVID-19? I read somewhere that one positive test could shut down that league for three weeks almost. I find it crazy, but I also find it inevitable. It's just, it's weird because it seems like with the flip of a switch, at least where we are, because we're based in Los Angeles, that things are starting to seem like they're 
in the process of going back to normal. Right, guys? Right. You know? Just a week ago, we were, we were, it was doom and gloom. I'm like, dude, I don't know if we're getting anything back. And now all of a sudden, everybody has, we're going to, I'm going to lay out a couple more as we get through this, but everything kind of seems to be getting a little more shape, a little more form. We have a UFC fight coming up. UFC 249 right. is only a couple days away. NASCAR is coming back this weekend. So all of a sudden, like, yeah, I was thinking about that too, Randy, where literally a week ago, we were, I pretty much said, I'm like, dude, I don't know if it's coming back. This is weird. Yeah. And now all of a sudden people, you know, the, the fans and the people around town are getting a little antsy. And now you, you're kind of seeing a little more structure to some of these these little bubble ideas or these re, we're going to come back at this date, you know, stuff like that. And I mean, if you think about it, we're pretty spoiled because what we were in lockdown for how many weeks? We're on day 53 at the moment. This is we're recording on Cinco de Mayo. I think we're on 53 without sports. That's insane. Do you remember the first day all this went down? We were talking about how long we thought we could last. I'm like, oh, I could make it to the fall. No problem. Easily. And then it, I think it was last week. I hit the point where I was like, all right, this this really sucks. Has it gotten any easier on you guys? Did no. you have any points no, where no. it felt easier? Because no. I had like maybe a no. day or so where I was like, oh, you know what? Maybe I could do this. But then there was, like I said last week, there were some days where I'm like, yeah. this sucks. Because the thing was like, I would find something to keep me busy. So for instance, in, in the theme of sports, I would watch like old NHL games, for instance, or I'd watch uh, old big time playoff games for I don't know, NFL, NBA, because they're re-showing re- reruns of that. But then after a while, I got to the point where the one thing that was bringing me joy, uh, you know, aka these replays, just became mundane and they were boring. I'm like, this this sucks. I'm just watching old replays of games that have already happened in the past. And eventually just it led to the point where I was like, I need something else or I need something new. Granted, it'd be it'd be helpful if I could leave my house. That would probably make me a lot better. But, you know, it's just it's just I feel the world is ready for norm the, the normalcy to come back. And sports is going to be the perfect stepping stone, like the first, like the first stone to to become turned in in the process of getting back to what we remember as normal. Yeah, I also agree with that. I've been so deprived of sports the past couple of weeks that I've been yeah. going back and watching all the old ESPN thirty for thirties. And don't get me wrong, those are great documentaries, but it's not the same. Like it's I not. need something live. I need something I can watch. I need something that I can cheer for. Think yep. about documentaries. You already know how it's going to end. Yeah. Now, I, I need something that's real. But that's why we're excited. It's, it's great that the Korean baseball yeah. uh, organization is, uh, is doing what they're doing. And fingers crossed, nobody gets sick. You know, hopefully nobody, everyone mm-hmm. stays healthy. Uh, nothing bad happens. So we can, you know, kind of put yeah. away our distress and enjoy the baseball. Because this is very much the litmus test for a lot of, you know, oh, Northern yeah. American pro teams. Um, So, like, Absolutely. I mentioned, just mentioned, so we got the Korean, bar- uh, Korean Barbecue League. Oh, my God. What the hell is coming out of my mouth? I'd be down for that, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. The Korean Barbecue League. Uh, the Korean Baseball Organization <laughs> is already going off, yeah. guys, across the pond or over on that side of the world. Korean Barbecue, what's wrong with me? But like I mentioned, guys, there will be live sporting events in North America not too far from now in Jacksonville, Florida, UFC 249, guys. Another litmus test for to see how they're going to keep their athletes clean. Everybody involved in the event, um, COVID-19 safe, I guess you could say. You got to think that the event's going to be under a microscope from people like Adele, from people like Batman, from people like Silver. Yeah. Now, is this, uh, I'm, I'm unaware of this, but the arena is going to be full, right? No, I'm no, assuming. no, no fans. It's at Vistar no Veterans Memorial Arena in Jacksonville, Florida. They're going to have three, three events in eight days, two title fights on May 9th in UFC 249 alone. Um, right. And like you guys remember, I'm sure you remember, Dana White has been a guy throughout most of this that was 
not about the shutdown. He's been trying to find mm. ways to get it done. He had a Mortal Kombat type island shutdown. He had a fight in <laughs> California, kind of axed by um, you know the top, the big heads at Disney and ESPN. So Dana White's been itching. He didn't want to shut down, guys. So eventually. Florida opened back up, and he came a knocking. I love it, dude. I'm I'm excited for it. I, I think the UFC because it's such a how do I say less man sport that it's gonna. I feel like it's gonna thrive. It's it's two people in the octagon with the with the ref, obviously, and it's just the, there's duking it out. You know, you're not dealing with teams of five, teams of eleven, uh, a squad, a bench player, and stuff. I mean, yeah, you got the trainers and stuff, but you know, for the majority of the time that the fighters are there at the arena or in the vicinity of the uh, of the arena training they're just they're with their trainers you know they're not these guys are machines they're not going out to go eat at restaurants they're not going to bars they're not going to clubs at least right now they're certainly not so i figure as long as they're healthy which they are i don't really see how this could go you know how this could go wrong i mean granted all it takes is one person to be in contact with somebody and that can lead to the chain reaction of infection but again i think this is a good this is a good step in the right direction in regards to live sports and i feel this has a more this is a more realistic expectation for what sports is going to be like than say the Korean baseball organization, because this is a big time conglomerate in America. I like that you bring that up, Randy, because you got to think that people like Goodell and the, and the NFL or silver in the NBA and Batman in the NHL, you got to probably be almost assuming that they would be looking at the UFC a little closer than the KBO right. because of the fact that these guys are fighting. They're coming into person-to-person -person contact. There's a lot of sparring that goes on behind the scenes, you know, grappling, mm -hmm. stuff like that. So I would think that UFC 249, is, in in my eyes, would almost be pulled from more in an idea of, okay, these guys yeah. are not only around each other, but they're coming into contact. They're swapping sweat, blood, you know. There's wounds, open, open gashes, stuff like that. You got to think that they would be looking at UFC 249 just because it's like, hey, there's a lot more to go wrong, and you guys are keeping these guys clean and safe. Um, as opposed to you know playing baseball in in, in Korea. Yeah, I mean I'm I'm more excited uh, to see what everybody else does based off of them more than uh, seeing what the UFC does. Right, you got to figure that you know weekends like this weekend and even with the KBO, um, yeah. it's a lot of training wheel sessions for how this is going to be unfolded. Because that's my biggest thing is you know we're talking about these plans to to come back these plans with uh, events that are set on a date and gonna happen um even you know the nfl for the most part they say they're gonna start on, sep on september 10th on the start of their season they're not gonna delay and that's why I'm, we're kind of gravitating towards these news stories here to start this off as opposed to the nhl story the nba story the mlb story even because it feels like every time we start talking about a floated idea, a bubble city. Oh, we're going to go to North Dakota and play in rinks up there. Or we're going to go to Florida or Arizona and play at, at MLB summer train or spring training facilities down there. It seems like they get axed. It's a whole bunch of speculation. And then it just gets yanked out from under us. When something gets put in stone for the NHL, for the N NBA, even for the MLB start, when, when there's something is put in motion and have a start date, I'm down to talk about it a little more. But I'm at the point with all these other leagues, man, where I don't want to talk about bubble zones. I don't want to talk about, you know, going to over here and playing eight teams here, 10 teams there. Let me know when it's coming back and how it's coming back, and then I'll talk about it. Because I'm just kind of done with getting my hopes up and then it just kind of getting chopped right out from underneath me. Yeah, and going back to what you said about this being like a testing thing, I was talking to my brother the other day, and I had a theory. I said, people can be let into the stadiums if they were kept, like, a certain amount of feet apart. Like, if people set, like, if people sat, like, every other two chairs and maybe they sat rows apart, 
there could be some experiment like that where we could potentially get people back in. Uh, I don't think I dude. I to be completely honest, I do not see fans back in the stands until 2021 for sure. At least yeah. at the, the earliest, the earliest, you know, and again, it goes back to the, my point that I've said in other conversations too. It's not that I think that they're not willing to do it. It's just, I don't think they're going to be allowed to because imagine it, think about it. Right, let's use yeah. the Dodgers. For example, let's say the Dodgers allow every fan to come into the stadium. No, they don't practice social distancing. They just say, hey, guys, come in, sit down, let's watch the game, game on. If an uptick, like a spike in Los Angeles occurs of the base around coronavirus, people are going to automatically point the fingers at the Dodgers because they decided to do that. So, again, it, it kind of goes back to the whole, do you want to be the odd one out? Do you want to be the per, the team that gets, uh, that gets you know, that, that becomes the scapegoat? of the as far as professional sports of letting people back into the stadium and people getting sick i don't i just can't imagine people doing that i don't think a team wants to be the team that that messes it up drops the ball has people get sick and then gets blamed forever well well, and that's the problem that you got in general with just like things returning to normal you got cities and states opening up at different times which is something that the nba is even talking about right now so you got a state like georgia who is you know slowly laxing their stay-at-home orders or even florida who's practically open for for all i know it doesn't even seem like they ever shut down and then you got us over in california super strict still everybody stay at home mm-hmm. so you got nba players in california and other states saying should we fly to georgia so we could at least practice you know and i feel like it's it's different with other states too you know like take georgia for example like if the nfl season rolls along they don't have to worry about that because nobody even goes to falcons games anyways so <laughs> there you go just, right okay, okay <laughs> been social distancing okay. for a while there I man i had a i had to wake up tyler somehow Dude, seriously okay. man so we've hit pretty much all of the big heads in the in North American sports guys, but we didn't mention college football. You know, in, in my eyes, the number two sport in North America, people say NFL Absolutely. and then maybe the NBA. I'm saying no NFL and then a close second NCAA football and then a distant third NBA, but that's for a different time. So guys, let me ask you one question. What would you think if you saw an all SEC football season or maybe even an all Big Ten football season because that's looks like um if some of this kind of uh, doesn't get worked out we may just see some of the sec uh teams string together for their own competitive league this year and maybe even the big 10 i like that idea because if you think about it really that's that's i mean obviously that's just what the season is you have the three preseason games which I, they're not even really preseason they're the prelims to the regular season of the division and those are you know you get that's when you get your like alabama usc games your uh, Florida Clemson games, you know, different divisions, uh, teams that can go out and play. But if you think about it, the majority of these conferences, they have stacked teams. Like the SEC is massively stacked. Mm -hmm. The Big Ten, the ACC has Clemson. They've got, uh, I believe, Virginia Tech. Florida State, I think, is an ACC team as well. I I like the idea of it being a sort of like a sprint, you know? It's just we're going to hit the ground running and we have to win every single game because all of this is conference title so here's a question because you mentioned that they could be oh all pac 12 season all sec season where does that put a team like notre dame who's an independent and doesn't have a conference well that's 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 the thing it's all going to come down to whether or not notre dame even has a football team this year so that's why i'm bringing up the question where there's so Mm -hmm. many different things pulling from it and then when you get to ncaa level it's even worse let me give you the quote real quick from kevin warren the big 10 commissioner he said, we will always, to the best of our abilities, do what we feel is the right thing to do. Sometimes that may mean we're with a group. Sometimes that may mean that we need to do things from an independent standpoint. But I will always say that my goal is to make sure that we feel comfortable, that what we do 
is the right thing and that we remember mm-hmm. that we have a responsibility with our brand, with our universities. So, guys, I yeah. mean, it sounds like... And that's the thing, too, here. SEC obviously could put together a pretty competitive, pretty entertaining schedule with just teams from the SEC, obviously. Big Ten, another big Power Five conference. You got big, big, big-time players in NCAA football there. This is sounding like you got the big-time players that are saying, if we can run, we're going to run. Yeah. I mean, I would imagine that for the sake of... And again, let me... Let me uh, before I get into that, just just talk about this is both confusing but also very exciting time to be a sports fan because a lot of unconventional things are Definitely. probably going to transpire in the next year. And you kind of touched up on something a little bit earlier when you mentioned that hey, every state is going by differently. So what are we going to say? Like, what are we going to do if let's say all the schools in the Big Twelve? say like oh hey we're gonna all play football but let's say the state of oklahoma is like no you're not but the state of texas is like yeah you can like it's fine it's Mm. gonna be really interesting to see what happens yeah that's what it's gonna come down to is whether or not state and locally these schools are allowed to first of all bring students back to campus you know you figure these guys got to get back on campus got to get in in the weight room these these aren't professional football players they can't just go out and you know right. run routes with their boys in in their in their mansions yeah. you know and these it, are it guys seems... that go home and they've been quarantined right. for months already so the NFL draft actually just initiated the newest class of NFL talent guys and obviously with the covid-19 stuff going on the reason why we're not looking at each other's pretty faces right now everybody's had to figure out how to do life on remote which the NFL draft had to do and I think pulled off pretty well, guys. What do you think? I uh, I enjoyed it, dude. It was fun. I mean, there uh, there were a few cringy moments, naturally, right. but I will admit it wasn't as bad as everyone thought it was going to be. Or maybe it was, I was just on my own island. I thought it was going to be catastrophic. I think I most people, I mean, Tyler, you, you were right there with us when we were we were ready for doomsday, for clunky Wi-Fi, and I think at least they, if they did, it covered it up well. I didn't see any major wi-fi or or media malfunctions i guess no i actually thought it went off pretty well and for the most part without a hitch i can't i I can't honestly think of a single thing that went wrong it went just about as perfect as they could have hoped i agree i i thought for a a first virtual draft of one of the major four uh sports in america i actually thought it went off really really well to a point i could totally see them doing something like this again but Mm -hmm. i mean we'll see because they're obviously going to want the fans to be a part of it and they're obviously going to want the money but in an emergency situation i could totally see this happening again for how bad Mm -hmm. the horse tournament remember how the that their little at home horse tournament they had on espn was literally a couple days before it it felt like for how bad that went i think it really because we had kind of figured what could go wrong and then seeing how poorly that pre-produced show was from espn i think that Mm kind of spooked everybody out even more like whoa if you guys can't get that right with you know some weird like flip phone cameras in people's backyards what are you going to do with the complete live stream with all these you know outside variables and this live reactionary time stuff but i mean dude it was night and day difference yeah i was pleasantly surprised i you could definitely if you were paying enough attention you could definitely see they made a few adjustments as they went along like in the first five picks, they would do uh, analysis on the picks with like six people. Mm-hmm. And that that kind of proved to be a little chaotic because people would talk over each other or there'd be awkward segues where they'd be like, oh, no, you go. You go ahead. And then they would try to talk again while the other person talked because of the lag. So eventually kind of evolved into two people talking about the player, 
but uh, I, I, I mean, I, I mind it. You know, this is definitely going to be one of the more memorable drafts because, again, it was uh, a quarantined style draft, but it it was not as bad as I anticipated it. I think they realized less is more as it went along. It, it very much dissolved to highlight packages and analysis yeah. from guys behind the screen. There was never really a screen, a shot in shot screen of people talking to each other, stuff like that. Yeah. It was very much go to Goodell, make the pick, go to the person's house and then start rolling B roll as people just kind of broke down film over that. Right. So yeah. here's a question for you guys. How about this? And in the, in the theme of the draft, is there a cringy moment that stood out to you in your mind or a moment uh, at least? There were two that stood out in my mind. Uh -huh. One of them was more funny than cringy. Uh, the first one is just Booker McFarlane cutting over or interrupting everybody. But like you said, that was an issue more with like the lag and people yeah. talking over each other. But it always seems that Booger McFarlane is the one that does it the most. So that could that was a little cringy. The thing I thought that was more funny is I think around the third or fourth round that my uh, Roger Goodell was just chilling in his chair. At that point, he's like, I'm kind of oh, done yeah, with this. Yeah. He's just chilling in his chair <laughs> like he had probably like a thing of whiskey you, on the side. Do you think they went into it trying to hope to salvage his image or kind of re-image him? Because he definitely had, yeah. um, I don't want to say forced because this whole thing was forced, obviously. Because I don't want to, I don't right. want to take digs at him because it went off and I think it went off as well as it could. Yeah. And, but do you think they kind of tried to, to remold his image? Like with this whole like lazy boy in his basement kind of feel. And he slowly yeah. got more and more lax. If you notice, he had like five wardrobe changes throughout the night. Oh yeah. And each Dude. one of them kind of got a little more relaxed. People were saying he might've been drinking a little bit cause he kind of got I a little so. slouchy a little bit. <laughs> there are a few things that came into play. Like uh, one being that I think we talked about this on the what's new pod that you could bid for an all-in experience. I think one of them was to hang out with Goodell in his like mm -hmm. basement theater man cave setup. So they were probably really trying to enforce that. Like it was a cool environment. So I think maybe they did that in order to get the ball rolling for the auction thing. But then at the same time, I, I think they were trying to squash, maybe not necessarily squash, but capitalize on the fact that he always gets booed. That's why Bud Light was doing the uh, the booze for the, the, the commissioner. Yeah. yeah, the boo cam, which I think kind of killed it because after a while, I was like, all right, this is kind of stupid. People are just booing him through the cameras. But I mean, I, 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 see, I see your point, though. Like, it seemed like they were trying to kind of paint him as like a more laid back, chill sort of dude. But I'm sure next year when the, the draft goes back to what it used to be, he's still going to get booed massively and right. still be as hated as he is now. I enjoyed looking into um, into everybody's houses. I, I'm kind of a weirdo. Yeah. I like I, I'm always interested dude. in like what dude. people's homes look like. Dude, can we talk about Cliff Kingsbury? Dude, Cliff is... Kingsbury. So if, if oh anybody it doesn't know what we're talking about, go just. Do a little, do a little Google so, or Twitter search. Cliff yeah. Kingsbury, Arizona Cardinals. Uh, to say his house is nice is um, I wouldn't even call it a house. Wow. It, had, it, gave, it gave me museum vibes, big windows, oh kind of like dude. marble flooring. You could tell too he was flexing because he's in Arizona. Arizona's always hot. It's I mean, come on, it's Arizona. This fool had the fire pit on. Just to rub it I didn't notice face, that until like, you pointed it out to me and I was like, dude, yeah. that is correct. So and it was yeah, it was probably like eighty five and sunny and he has this huge fire pit blasting so outside. Massive. So I massive. I did see that. This I, dude was just flexing and bawling like oh it was nobody's God. business. I think, it was he crazy. Had, I think he had marble floors. Mm -hmm. Like what you know like, that God, house echoes. Dude. You know how some houses you can oh, look at yeah. it and you could tell when someone's walking through it it echoes? Oh, and yeah. I've, I've, I've come to terms. If your house has a marble echo, you're a type of rich I probably will never understand. Uh, or uh, you're Arizona rich, which, I mean, 
I would be fine with being after seeing his pad. And then there are a few other coaches had some pretty nice places. Uh, was it Zimmer from the Vikings? He Zimmer had a nice squad. He had like a he had the, like three moose heads over yeah. his over his he mantle. Purposely, he purposely made sure that the camera got everything. They got the the animals he's hunted. They got the fireplace with this brand over it. He made sure that everyone saw what was going on. Jerry Jones looked like he was at the at the helm of okay. a spaceship. Okay. Tyler okay. Tyler brought Look. up a really good text uh, regarding not necessarily his setup but what he was wearing. So first off, Jerry Jones, his bottom shirt button was holding on for dear life as it was trying not to come undone. That thing was so stretched out and it was just a minor note that made me laugh. But also the thing about Jerry Jones, I saw a funny tweet that had his picture and all it said is you have 72 hours to deliver the plutonium because it looked like this dude was drafted from an evil lair. <laughs> Even that though, another, again, flex. How do you have that sort of Wi-Fi connection on a yacht? Right. What the hell? That was crazy. But then it was funny because you'd see other coaches who you would assume would live more lavishly, but the, it wasn't it wasn't as great as, as you thought it was. You could definitely see some of the younger guys. Obviously, they didn't have homes. They had more apartments. But that makes sense because why would you want to buy a house in the city if you're just barely, if you have inside that extension, you know what I mean? But it was it was cool to see the guys who have been there for a while, for a minute, and just how nice their homes are, or the ones you could really, you could really tell use their money, definitely for them. It, it was just, it was wild, man. Like even the take, take for instance the uh, the difference between uh, how like cost of living. Like again, if you look at uh, Kingsbury from the Cardinals, his home, massive, beautiful, modern. Look at the look at the head coach and the GMs from like the Rams and stuff. Mm -hmm. Classic LA home, just. Not you could a lot tell, of space. dude. You're like, okay, that's Manhattan Beach or something out the back oh, end yeah. of that door. You could just, oh, you, yeah, dude. you had the. I mean, for those that don't live in California, you could just feel the Manhattan Beach, the beach vibes from Les Snead in his backyard right. or wherever the hell he was. You could just feel. It's like, okay, you walk out, you're probably about a block and a half from the beach for sure. I think this draft went as well as it could. Now, do I don't necessarily think reception is going to be the same for, say, the NBA or if the MLB does a draft like this. I don't think it's going to be as well received as the NFL was just because those drafts already are kind of like they're kind of polarizing. Mm -hmm. If you're into basketball, you watch it. If not, then you don't. But if at the NFL, you kind of it's hard, kind of hard to ignore it or avoid it. As far as criticism goes, this draft went yeah. about as it well went as off. It could have. Yeah, it went off without a hitch when it comes to the circumstances, when it came for the need. Overall, I mean, it, the the draft had insane numbers, and it has insane numbers already. But then you you think about the situation and what exactly went into it was the only thing on the first thing we've had for a while. So people really just clamored onto it. Um, will it happen like this again in the future? Probably not, unless we have another pandemic, which I pray to God we don't have to go through this again. Next year is in Cleveland. The year after um, is going to give Las Vegas their chance because it was supposed to be there this year. Everybody knew about the whole plan to do it on the Bellagio Fountain. So Vegas is going to get their shot, not next year, but the following year. Um, and then we'll also have to do our road trip out to Vegas for the draft, guys. Yes, let's do it. All right, Randy. So I saw a little segue back there. I think you said it, it went off with a hitch or about as good of as draft as it could be for almost everybody involved, correct? Let's hear it. I know this is so. Be I'm gonna I'm gonna here. tee it up for you here. Let me let me let me put the ball in the stand. Let me, you know, give you your, your utensils here, and let me. I'll let you go. dig into your Aaron Rodgers burger. So, the Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers. Right. Mm -hmm. They finally have a first round pick. It's a wide receiver, a sexy wide receiver class. Tons of talent on the outside. Can they go and get Aaron Rodgers some help? Finally, nope. They trade up and they draft Utah State QB Jordan Love. I'm going to let you lay it all out for me and Tyler, the non-Green yeah. Bay Packers fans, 
and then we'll just have a little chat here. What do you think about the Green Bay Packers? Are they pushing Aaron Rodgers out the door? Is this a contingency plan? Are people blowing it out of the water? Tell us you, Randy. All right, so my initial reaction, I was like everybody else. I was shocked. I was upset. I was appalled. I was annoyed because I thought to myself, this was the first draft, and I'd say a very long time, where the wide receiver class was very much stacked. And what better team is in need of a wide receiver than the Green Bay Packers? Granted, that was my initial reaction, my emotional reaction. I was thinking with my emotions. Then fast forward a day later, I looked back on it. I did some reflection and I decided to think about it logically. When Brett Favre was the quarterback, the starting quarterback for the Green Bay Packers around this same age, I think he was 35 or 36, the Green Bay Packers drafted the now greatest quarterback of all time, uh, Aaron Rodgers, and eventually he succeeded him as being the starting quarterback of the greatest NFL team in, of all time, the Green Bay Packers. So when you look at it now, it's sort of a similar situation, but the difference is Aaron Rodgers has never had the Green Bay Packers build a team around him. So initially, again, my reaction was anger, confusion, but then it turned into this makes sense. Every single player, they're only going to last for so long, you know, and I see that good, the GM of the Packers, he sees something in love that most of us might not see. And he sees the generational talent. So if you have a quarterback who's that good fall that far into the draft, you have to pull the trigger. He's thinking of the future. Now, I did see more reports regarding the receivers that we already have. A lot of them, if you look at them, they're young guys. They haven't necessarily really come into their own. And Aaron Rodgers, as a quarterback, historically has never vibed well with young quarterbacks. They take time. He, they need to get a little bit seasoned before he can really connect with them. Look at Randall Cobb. Look at Jordy Nelson. They took a little while. Granted, there are some receivers that we could do without <clears throat> John Allison, but that's neither here nor there. And at the end of the day, I think for, for me at least, I've sort of become, and Eric, you might you might understand where I'm coming from this. At this point, the way the league is going, when with the running back, you don't even need to really waste a top pick on one. Because at the end of the day, they're all really just reflections of how good the O-line is and how well-structured the offense is. And I feel at the point that we were in the draft, all the generational talents or the potential generational talents were already gone. The, the, the receiver that the Packers had their eyes on, Denzel Mims from Baylor, he got taken a few picks from him. C.D. Lamb got taken. You know, uh, Judy got taken. So once all these big-name receivers got taken and off the board, it's like, okay, we could either take this no-name receiver who might just be as good as Equinemia St. Brown. You know, you, you've got guys on the roster who are still who have still yet to prove themselves. You know, they're going into their second years. They're going into their third years. They still have room to grow. They still have potential. I, myself, like most fans, was upset, but then I heard LaFleur's point of view. I heard Coot kind of talk about it and break it down. This is in their minds, obviously. They could be wrong. You know, they could very well easily be wrong. And if the season goes south, they will forever be blamed for ruining it and not drafting a receiver. But again, I go back to the fact that I felt that this point in the draft, all the generational guys in my eyes were taken. So anybody you draft at that point, they're just as good as the guys in the roster, in my personal opinion. I mean, granted, I could be wrong. It happens every year. One receiver gets drafted late in the draft and ends up being becoming a stud. But, you know, aside from all that, my, my perspective, too, was that people are directing all this hatred towards Matt LaFleur, towards Goode, and the whole organization right now. But people seem to forget that this is just one year. Look about all the other years where Mark Thompson had the reins. He never built a team around Rodgers. 
He never got him the help he needed. He wasted the he wasted Aaron Rodgers' best years. And now it's like you want to attack the new head coach who led us to a 13-3 season, a really great season, and the new GM who's taking risk, who's signing free agents. You want to go after them because they didn't draft a receiver. That point in the draft when the receivers were a dime a dozen but not get mad at Mark Thompson just because he won us one Super Bowl, that team was stacked, man. That was a good team. Get mad at Mark Thompson. Get mad at the old organization for not pulling the trigger when they should have. You know what I mean? So it's it, it evolved. It was a roller coaster for me emotionally to see to see kind of like where the Packers are going. But I'm optimistic. You know, I'm yeah. hopeful. I'm hoping this is the right decision. I'm hoping one day when Rodgers decides to hang it up or ends up leaving for the Jets or the Vikings or something like Favre was <laughs> goddamn quitter, that Love is able to step in and really fill in those shoes and really help us. You know be this, this to stay the consistently dominant team in our division that we are. But again, I, I was mad at first, but now I, I feel a lot better. My thing with this. So my big underlying message of this, cause I really don't care. I'm not a Packers fan. I'm not in the NFC, I'm not in the NFC North. You could care less. My thing is, I understand how good Rogers is. I understand last year's 13 and three record was in ginormous part, just because of how good he is. He, what he does on a football field, he, Day in and day out, right? My red flags for all this was, was the reward worth the risk, right? So obviously you got this jaded QB. He's known for being grumpy. He's known for being a little tough to play with. He's already got this underlying F authority tone to him, right? And then people talk about the parallel. Oh, he did the same thing with Favre. Jordan Love, he's going to sit behind him. Now he's going to not do the same thing, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, but what if he does? You know, is it worth to, is it worth pissing him off to go and get the person to replace him and in a, in a lot of ways, tell him, tell Rodgers and your fans, you know what? We're planning for the future. It's not that far ahead. Last year's 13-3 and season might have been a little phony, so we're not going to really plan for next year. We're going to plan for the year after. You know, so my biggest thing was, sure, you could see this generational talent. And first of all, I don't know if you're going to persuade many people into saying Jordan loves generational talent. Um, you know, people make the parallel thing with, with Favre and Rodgers. Rodgers was supposed to be a top five pick and fell down the board. Jordan Love was traded, was brought into the first round in a lot of boards and was never even mentioned in a top 10 category, you know? Yeah, so, that was the only thing that I had question of was trading for the pick. As if the people before us were going to draft him, you know? Don't bite the hand that feeds you, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like, the Green Bay Packers live and die by Aaron Rodgers until he's either traded or until he leaves. And do you really want to piss him off? And then not only piss him off, but... You know, Rogers talks about how it wasn't the best of life being behind Favre. Do you want to put Jordan Love through the same thing and piss off Aaron Rodgers before it all starts? I mean, all I'm going to say is that I was watching the whole draft with my family, and as soon as Roger Goodell comes says, oh, the Green Bay Packers have selected Jordan Love, me and my brothers all looked at each other like, what are they doing? I just, but, I, f I feel like it was inevitable, you know, because once the reports surfaced that the Packers were looking at him, I thought there's just no way we're going to be able to draft a receiver because at that point in the draft, again, like, you know, you got your CD lambs, you got your Judy's, you've got, you've got all these guys who were good, who just, you know, they, they, they couldn't take them because they had been drafted earlier. Granted, there were some receivers that I wanted. Like I wanted T Higgins from Clemson. I wanted uh Duvernay from, uh, from Texas, but I guess those guys just weren't good enough to be first round picks and the Packers went with love. So We'll see how it pans out. <laughs> so here's here's my the final question here on this, Randy. Do you see Rodgers 
Let's start with, do you see Rodgers no. winning another Super Bowl with the Packers no. or even finishing his career with the Packers? I don't think the Packers are going to another Super Bowl. I, I, I really don't. That's not because of the receiving core. I think it's just the defense. The defensive liabilities that we have, the inability for us to get to get our hands on a good covering linebacker, the inability to get the inability to have healthy secondary players. You know, all it takes is Kevin King to get injured, uh, Adrian Amos to to tear a ligament, Jerry Alexander to to break a finger, and it's like now we have liabilities on the defense, and you can't win a game. You can't certainly not a Super Bowl if you don't have a proper defense. And I feel like that's the thing that people are neglecting. Everyone's attacking the Packers for the receiving cores and for and for how are we not drafting receiver? But at the end of the day, it's like it's not going to matter if our defense is letting them score thirty five points. If if the forty ers are running are putting up three hundred yards rushing on the ground against us, what does it matter who he has to throw to? We can't stop Dick. Man, the Packers got their ass kicked in the NFC Championship dude, game, we got dude. Our asses you guys got kicked. You said you mentioned the forty ers and I, I not that I forgot, but I kind of just. It came back to my mind it was, that there it was, was the Packers it, in the NFC Championship game. It was a slaughter, dude. We came to California, and we got slaughtered by the Chargers. We got slaughtered by the Niners. And then the second time, we roll into San Francisco and get the living crap kicked out of us. It wasn't even close. It wasn't. And it wasn't even Rodgers' fault. Sherman couldn't even cover anything. And, but it doesn't matter if our secondary can't stay healthy. Can't stay consistent. People get on, again, people get on us. They get mad at us for not getting receivers. These receivers are unproven. We were lucky enough to have a one-two running back tandem that worked for us. Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, by no means the studs and stars of the NFL, but they were consistent. They got us what we needed. Aaron Jones was a nice little addition. I mean, we've had him for a minute, but he was a nice little, uh, him bursting on the scene last year was the perfect time thing because we needed that. You know what I mean? So now it's like we have a run game that's slowly starting to establish. Why do we want to put all of our eggs in the basket and get receivers when we could be building on our linemen? I miss you know Eddie I mean? Lacy running for the running the ball for the Packers. Right, running right into hometown buffet. <laughs> no, but it, it's just it's like I I get now that I look at it again, it all starts to make sense. The Packers have confidence in the receivers, which is good because think about it: if you're a receiver, you're a young receiver, your second year, third year on the Green Bay Packers, and you hear that your GM and your coach aren't drafting receivers, that makes you feel good because that makes you think that they have confidence in you and they have confidence in your abilities. And especially with a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, somebody who's just look, he look, man, I'm going to throw it a million miles an hour. You better catch this bitch. It's like, I'm confident in myself. I know I can do this. I know I can play with him. I'm going to make it work. Yeah. But if it's like I have competition, then things are slowly starting to be like, okay, am I not good enough or what's going on here? Or really as bad as they say we are. But he builds the lineman because he wants to better establish the run game. And, you know, that's the thing, though. You can't just be throwing the rock 10, 20 times a game. It's, it's just not going to work. You have to have a run game established. And so we got the lineman. The receivers hopefully will come in time. But again, like I said from the beginning before I went on this crazy little rant, it's not going to matter if our defense isn't well-structured. And to answer your second question, I do think Rodgers is going to finish his career as a Packer. Look at that. Look at that tucked in there right at the end. (laughs) I just, I don't think he has the, I don't think he has the drive to go win somewhere else. You know? Yeah. Like, I just don't see that in him. I think, I think he's going to get to the point where he's like, I won a Super Bowl. I'm, I'm slamming Danica Patrick. What what more do I want? You know what I mean? Look at, I mean, even Brett Favre, look at Brett Favre. He went to the Jets. Went to the Vikings, went to the NFC Championship, but he nearly got his head ripped off by the Saints. So it's like, 
what what's it worth? Mm-hmm. Just an, a, a, another season to potentially win something, maybe as an old quarterback surrounded in a league that's much different than you, that's mobile, that's fast, that's quick. I just I just don't see it, man. I don't see it. So to answer your question as a whole, I unfortunately, unless we can address the issues on the defense, I don't see us winning the Super Bowl. But and I uh, neither do I see uh, Rodgers leaving to play somewhere else. All right, well there you have it. If you need any opinion on Packers football, the only person that has any idea about what's going on in Green Bay is a guy living in California, and his name is Randy. So we teased a, a new segment in the opening here. You know, with all this COVID-19 stuff going on, it is pretty slow in the news cycle for sports in general from day to day. So we thought of this idea called Slow News with Tyler. So me and Randy maybe kind of, I guess you could say, threw a couple stories into a hat, and we just sent Tyler right now the link for this brand new article that he's seeing, and he's going to take us through the slow news story of the day. Let's let's hear it, Tyler. What are you going to inform us on today? Okay, well, today's story is actually pretty interesting. So the National Association of Intercollegiate Athletics has actually secured a two-year partnership with the NFL and its NFL flag arm to launch women's flag football. This could, in a way, be the first step as far as Maybe a woman may be making it to the NFL. It, it, I wouldn't it, go that far. <laughs> you just jump right to that, man. Come on. You, 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 you took your first step was to the moon. So I was like, okay, all right, let's slow down. Here. Jesus Christ, go, man. go big or go home. Tyler, that's but like, that's like, Tyler, awesome. that's like you saying like, okay, I'm, I just got into this. Uh, hey guys, I got into this new uh, flag football league with the parks and rec. This is like one step closer to starting it for the Atlanta Falcons. Like, no, is, that's not even I, a hot take. That's just a, the a stupid remark not the, okay granted yes. okay, let me let me let me rephrase this i don't mean this is a bash towards women it's just like to in order to say to make the assumption that flag football should be in the same conversation as professional tackle football <laughs> is a bit of a stretch okay i was getting to that but you guys you know we're just gonna throw it out the window we're gonna come on we're man you can't move, go straight we're to gonna that move on. Sorry. Right, fire, go ahead so, go ahead sorry continue okay, Warner, so maybe they, first they are, they are going to be launching women's flag football but that also opens up the conversation could there be some other sports that deserve recognition i mean could we see something maybe like paintball could we see dodgeball could we see oh, ultimate okay, frisbee okay, could we I see like spongeball i'm picking Person- it up now i like it personally i have been rooting for some kind of dodgeball i've been wanting it to be an olympic sport for a long yeah. time um but i could totally there are a lot of people that are really good at these other quote-unquote sports um, I know ultimate frisbee, especially in college, is huge. Yeah, I could see something like a frisbee golf maybe being a sport for mm. some of these uh, some of these kids. I mean, it women's flag football opens the door for right. lots of other sports to be technically right. considered. I mean, I, uh, do ping pong or badminton, like we can do that too. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't see why it can't be. Look at the look at the Olympics every year. The oh, not every year, but every time the Summer Olympics rolls along, I'm reminded of how many stupid sports America doesn't play. I'm like, what's that? Netball. So I think if those sports, even even uh, table tennis, because if they call it ping pong, God forbid, I feel like those sports can be considered Olympic. Uh, caliber sports. I don't see why not for as, as far as like paintball and stuff goes. I mean, their colleges are already paying people to surf. They're paying people to play uh, uh, e-sports. Why not paintball? Why not dodgeball? Why not? Why not those sports? You know, so I, I could, I could see that happening. All right, guys, I think that might be enough here. We've yapped for quite a bit here, actually. Um, we've definitely talked enough about the Green Bay Packers, I think. We let Randy have a little too much leash there for a little bit. Before we get out of here, guys, do you have any shout-outs? Let the people know where they can follow you on Instagram, on Twitter, all that jazz. And uh, let's close with a, a closing thought or two. Randy, let's go ahead and start us off. Oh, Jordan Love is the future. 
Go Pack Go. You can follow me at Hey It's Randall. Randall with one L. Because Tal gave me crap for not specifying on that last week for some reason. Uh, Randall with one L on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, I just want to say Tyler is very much a fourth quarter player because he comes alive in the last five minutes. <laughs> hey, look, man, I like to come in the clutch. That's what's up, all right? Oh, uh, <laughs> shut up. End the podcast. He's the opposite oh, of the Falcons. I can't even see you, and I want to hit you. Okay, all right, all right. Um, shout out to the Korean Baseball League for actually being the first league to – Get something done and actually be shown on ESPN. Shout out to the DC Dinos mascot, Swole Daddy. Swole Daddy, yeah, man. Give him a Google. You need to look up this picture. We uh, we have posted his picture on Tailgated Sports on our Instagram page. You can check it out there. Um, Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Tyler the Board Op. And uh, yeah, let's well, let's get some sports back the on the road. Initial the initial results for Swole Daddy are not the mascot. <laughs> yeah, be careful what you uh, where well, you Google that. Uh, I guess uh, don't maybe don't Google uh, that on a work computer if you listen to that. I left there. out I left out KBO. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what the hell is that? <laughs> it's like a dinosaur. It's like a what are the, what's dinosaur. the long neck dinosaurs? Yeah, it's guns. And of course, Tyler mentioned it. Don't forget to follow the main account at Tailgater Sports on Instagram. That's tailgatersports.com for everything else. Get a quick link to anywhere you need to go for Tailgater Sports. Again, my. My name is Eric. I am at eSoundWave on Instagram. And yeah, guys, I mean, wrapping this up, I'm in a lot better mood from podcasts of the past. I feel like yes. there is a light at the end of the tunnel. There's at least live sporting events going to be between now and the end of the month that I can watch. Yeah. And the overall mood of this podcast was a night and day difference from when our first time we recorded about a week or so ago. Agreed. Until Agreed. next time, guys, um, stay safe, wash those hands, and hopefully we got some more sports to talk about next time. Peace.